I'm David Quindle, ex-Australian military and lover of cheese. In fact, I love the yellow stuff so much, I gave up the gun game for good and started making me own. David Quindle Australian military cheese, full of rich exotic flavours, inspired by my time in the Australian military. So next time you think of cheese, do me a favour, think David Quindle Australian military cheese. The difference is in the Quindle. Hello, I'm Dan Reeves, and welcome to Very Important, Very Serious, the podcast where we take a deep dive into a wonderful world of nonsense to see what treasures it can throw up for us. Okay. Are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. Joining me today with his travelling helter-skelter and dusty peacock, it's the taxidermist's son, it's Adam Furman. In his life, one thing counts, Instagram, large accounts. I'm afraid these don't grow on trees, he's got to post a pic or two. You've got to post a pic or two, boy. You've got to post a pic or two. Large accounts don't grow on trees, he's got to post a pic or two. That was fantastic. Uh, Large I feel accounts like, don't grow on trees. And that's absolutely true. They really don't. Uh, it takes a lot of work, doesn't it? However, mine is for sale uh, if anyone is interested in a medium-sized following on Instagram. Medium. Uh, low to medium. Low to medium-sized, yeah. Grown every single night, overnight, from two in the afternoon through to two or three in the morning. That's absolutely accurate, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, please, by all means, um, you know, the highest bidders come on in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You're, don't look at... You're looking at the phone. I look am at looking me. at the phone. I'm sorry. It's not... I feel like I'm being drawn towards that selfie light that's attached yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Once um, again, we've been faffing with cameras in the studio to try and yeah. make ourselves look less horrid. Yeah, but it's better than having a face that looks like a self-portrait painting. Yeah. It's been left next to a radiator for too long. The Melted Man. Yeah, I showed Chris a picture of me as the Melted Man, and he, he didn't hold back. He enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah, it's very um, good. Yeah. Yeah, but Anthony, uh, who's sitting out there, he said that you should, we should try the cameras again. No. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Appreciate the yeah. offer. Thanks um, very much. That was two months of trauma. That's why I've been gone for so long. Hasn't yeah. It? Just good Christmas. Get, uh, yeah, not not bad. And you? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Mum traffic control denied us landing at home. That's right. As you're aware, so it was a Call of Duty Christmas. Yeah, for you me didn't and Josh. dock. You didn't yeah. dock. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds a bit weird. <laughs> didn't dock to mum. No, you didn't dock to mum. No, mum, no mum dock. You did, though. I did dock, yeah. I've been docked for 2.5 months now. You've gone home uh, and stayed there. I have, yeah. We've got a fire there, so yeah. I just tend to just stay by that and uh, make little kind of Cub Scout fires inside the pit. <laughs> you know, like you put all of the, the bivouac wood yeah, yeah. together. Is that right? <laughs> bivouac, yeah, yeah. Bivouac I think wood. that's a tent, but I know what you mean. You yeah. make a little kind of... Um, triangular Funnel. sort of arrangement yeah that's right and, yeah, you, yeah. and you set it off yeah how, yeah, so how are you holding up being back home it, it's not too bad it's not too bad you know i'm getting a, a ready-cooked meal every day which yeah. is always nice yeah. um what like a pre-prepared like macaroni cheese uh mum and dad meal uh, yeah. it's usually you know uh meat veg and potato mm. yeah. yeah so it's um it's a nice kind of or fish sometimes yeah um so i've been yeah eating, eating lots of that and uh and sitting a lot actually yeah. it was even a struggle to walk here today you have also created your own mum spot on I the have. couch yeah well when i sit there now i have i've noticed there is like an Adam-like shape inside the uh, uh, in, in the cushioning, the uh, kind of uh, I don't, what colour would you give it? A lemon, a lemon, lemon, lemon cushion, faded lemon sofa, faded um, lemon, yeah. So yeah, you've got my mum to my left, yeah. uh, who has a, uh, a castle of, of pillows, um, puff pillows that she she's basically made two armrests, yeah. a little footrest that elevates her feet up, mm. and then a backrest. Candy and this is control. already on a sofa of cushions. Yeah. Why does she have all the cushions propping her up? 
I feel I'm not too sure. It's I think it started as one thing like, oh, this is an extra bit of comfort. Yeah. And now every day it's an added extra piece. So that yeah, I mean, okay. she's, she she basically wants to get to the point where she feels like she's sitting in in, in a, a jar of lotion, yeah. um, which yeah. is achieved by adding more cushions to to yeah. the mum traffic control. I have developed a new addiction. Oh yeah, what's that? I'm now clinically addicted to Tunnock. You're onto Tunnock. I'm onto Tunnock. Off the timeline, onto Tunnock. They come in a well. I buy four packs, yeah. and I do two to three a day of the four pack. Goodness me. Yeah. And how do you eat your Tunnock? Uh, well, I just unwrap the Tunnock, uh, and ideally I'll have it with a tea yeah. to, to loosen up the Tunnock, dip it in the tea, yeah. and consume. And each one probably yeah. takes about 10 to 15 seconds. Okay, right. Um, right. But they, yeah, they, they work well with tea, and I feel like I the packaging is the thing that attracts mm. me. I'm almost like a Tunnock magpie. Yeah, absolutely. Looking, the, yeah. the sheen on them. Yeah, the sheen. Yeah. 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 And it's even more, I mean, it, you, you kind of wean through from uh, from whatever that, I mean, it's the wafer one you're talking about, isn't it? But I can imagine going on to the next one would be the, uh, the shiny, it's like a a bell-shaped uh, yes. tea cake. The tea cake. Mm. Is that from them as well? That's them as well. They've the Tunnock Bell. There's a trio of Tunnock. You've yeah. got the, uh, the the Tunnock Bar, mm. the Tunnock Cake, yeah. and then there's... Um, yeah. The Tunnock Truncheon. I can't remember what that one is. Very true. Do you want um, to hear about my latest lockdown hobby to keep myself interested? Yes, I do. Obviously in the house for many hours, uh, we have the cleaner. I've now said she can portion 20 minutes of her time to creating fake bird's nests, which she then fills with Cadbury's mini eggs and dots them around the house for me to pilfer later as a house-based chocolate poacher. <laughs> and it works fantastically well. She's... <laughs> Yeah, so I just say, look, hide six or seven of these, fill them with mini eggs, and I sort of don an old-fashioned kind of Victorian safari man costume, and I just go around the house pilfering mini eggs. We like the guy out of Jumanji. Correct, exactly that guy with the big binoculars and the blunderbuss. Yeah, and the really old British accent. The problem is she keeps hiding them in the same places, so it's please mix it up. Uh, Where are you finding them? In the laundry basket? She puts them on uh, one of the high shelves above the TV. She puts one in my sock drawer, but it's always the same. I mean, if you picture me with the binoculars heading towards a nest and then just pilfering the eggs into my mouth i am picturing that it's quite an image you're painting as well i moving on we can't go anywhere at the moment we can't go on holiday legally but a certain airline ba keeps sending me digital pdf copies of their in-flight magazine the high life (laughs) i this is the last thing i will ever read on a plane i will not once i've consumed all the media on the back of the seat all the films all the tv shows then the safety card, I might look at in-flight magazine. I don't need a PDF copy sent to my email. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I actually, I saw online a guy that had set up um, a mock-up uh, airplane chair next to a washing machine. And in the washing machine, he filled it with like um, cotton wool right. that was rotating in the washing machine to em- emulate the, the look of a cloud. Yes. And he was just sat there and you, you start with the zoom of the, of the washing machine. You zoomed right in. And you could just see what looks like cloud as it yeah. rotates and you yeah. pull away and it's still because he's got the chair and everything. Yeah. So maybe that caught on and there's a lot of people that in you know in lockdown are, are sitting in their laundry room. Doing that. Looking at digital copies of, of High Life High magazine. Life. Yeah. yeah. But I mean they are. it is the worst piece of media on a plane. I, it was awful. And it's always sticky as well. Sticky, but... some, occasionally laminate Correct. Yeah, I don't understand why they they use that. Uh, no one really looks at them. No. Um, but but uh, you know, intriguing nonetheless. Um, you sent me an article a few weeks ago about someone who'd fallen into an after eight machine. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could picture was a machine in a huge yeah. top hat and bow tie and suit. <laughs> 
the poshest machine you could ever imagine. I think the only thing posher would be a one of those gullion uh, seashell chocolate machines. I didn't even get as far as to consider that the. I just pictured the idea of someone falling into. How did that happen? Yeah. And then yeah, what did they look like on the other side? Because obviously cartoons would leave you to believe it come out as a giant after eight. In, yeah, in that packaging. I legitimately, when I was younger, my nan used to have after eights. Probably like lots of other nans. I thought that made her the richest woman in the world. Yeah. Just like until up until the age of twenty one, <laughs> I honestly thought Frankie and Benny's was an independent Italian restaurant because I'm not even kidding because of the black and white pictures on the wall. Yeah. And I thought that after eights were a, a sort of a <laughs> symbolism. Yeah. That it sort of signalled how wealthy my nan was. I now realise it's not true. Definitely not true. No, no, no. We, um, have, we have those uh, one of those in, in the Crumbles, which is the area near to where I live. It's, it's, the Crumbles. It's, it's called the Crumbles. Yeah. I'm not sure why it coined that name. It's called the. I've, I've never even questioned it. We'd always go down there for a cinema visit, and then uh, post uh, cinema, we would go for a Frankie and Benny supper at Crumbles. It's one of those commercial retail parks, isn't it? It is. And yeah, it yeah. Probably has a bowling alley as it's well. It's got a bowling alley. Yeah. It's got an Asda's, um, and it's a gym uh, as well. Maybe a Virgin it, Active. It, has, it hasn't got a Virgin or Active. David We're not Lloyd. that upmarket. Not even a David Lloyd. No, it's. Uh, I think it's like, it's like a pure gym. Yeah. Heading yeah. down to the Crumbles for some uh, tempin bowling and a, yeah. a calamari at Frankie and Benny's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just try this. Uh, Hey, man. Oh, hi, man. Hey, man. Good to see you. How you doing, man? Yeah, easy, man. You? Easy, right, dude? Yeah, take it easy, dude. Yeah, not too bad, bro, man. Oh, hi, fella, boy. How you doing, man? <laughs> oh, man. Hey. Oh, man, dude, friend. Oh, dude, loving it, man. Yeah, mate, friend, pal. Oh, <laughs> PayPal, friend. <laughs> Send me on PayPal, friend. <laughs> Send me on PayPal, boy. How you doing, dude, man? It's getting more erotic. I can't do it yet. It's getting more erotic. I'm getting really graspy with that. Right, okay. That's hard to do yeah. that. Now, yeah. now, this is serious. Before we go on... Sure. Something quite serious happened the other day at your home, didn't it? Yeah. A confrontation between you and another family member, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So you said to me just before we started that you felt that it was so significant you'd like to make a public apology on this show. That's right. Uh, to that family member. Mm. So you've given me the number. Um, yeah. Let's let's give them a call. and. Um, let, don't say anything. Let me, no, I won't. Yeah. But let's see if you can set the record straight because it sounds quite serious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hi, is that Rudy? Mm-hmm. I, hey, Rudy. Um, look, I know you've been a bit upset with me, so I just wanted to, um, I wanted to apologise for eating all the crisps. I know I ate all the crisps. I'm sorry. I, I mean, there was a multi-pack, and, and I, I know I've, I've, I've felt very guilty about that because. I even had your favourite cheese and onion. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for eating all the salt and vinegar as well. I, I feel very bad, and I, I don't know. Um, you know, you you were angry though, weren't you, Rudy? Yeah. You were quite angry. Well, um, I didn't really like it because um, I uh, my favourite food is actually crisps. Yeah, and what did you want to do the second you were told that Uncle Adam ate all the crisps? What did you want to do? I actually just wanted to um, go back to my house and get and get the and get the crisps that I can eat and then stay there. And stay there. I'm so sorry, Rudy. I didn't want to make you feel like that. I feel really bad. I I, I do apologise, Rudy. It's uh, it's Dan. Do, do you accept Uncle Adam's apology? Yeah. You do. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that cleared up, and okay. uh, he'll, he'll speak to you later. But uh, hopefully, the house is at peace now. And so, goodbye, Rudy. Goodbye. Make sure there's crisps next time. We will. Bye. 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 <laughs> <clears throat> Moving on. 
ghosts. Over lockdown, the number of ghost sightings has increased by over 45%. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you're aware of it or not, that's great news for those who make their money from the paranormal, such as a select group known as the Ghost Whisperers. These people claim to hold the unique ability to communicate with ghosts and even tame them. Wow. Now, Adam Furman, I know you are a big fan of ghosts. I see from your little grin yeah. across the table. I've managed to get hold of some questions from a real oh. UK ghost whisperer induction test. Oh, no. So the test, they give these ghost whisperers to be accredited. Is it a vet fielding? Not, not her. That's a different thing. Oh. Uh, they give them this test, and I wonder if you want to give it a go. Yes, please. Okay. Join us, if you will, as we play Tame That Ghost. I need someone who can try and speak ghost Cause that ghost keeps coming back and knocks me off track And at most, I'm trying to find someone who speaks ghost So I'll host, let's go and play tame that ghost I need someone who can try and speak ghost Welcome to Tame That Ghost Okay Um, Let's set the mood in the studio with some uh, ghost background music. Ooh, something God. got very cold. Christ, yeah. You turn the heating up. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. So I'm going to read you a scenario, a real scenario, and you're going to have to tell me how you would tame that ghost. Yeah. And by the end of it, we'll see if you're going to make it into the ghost whisperers. Scenario one. A young family in Swanage are being tormented by the ghost of a circus ringmaster named Sir Jessup Glavin. The top hat wearing Glavin plays havoc at mealtimes, whipping plates of food from the table and throwing stale bread at the family's young son, whilst booming, roll up, roll up, behold the boy with the amazing beard. (laughs) The the father of the house has tried to confront ghost Glavin, but the white-gloved ringmaster simply keeps him at bay with a raised chair and a whip. How would you tame that ghost? (laughs) I... Yeah, <laughs> I've always thought about this type of stuff. Like yeah, that. I know. I know. I would. Mm, how would you treat that? You coax it. You coax it out. Okay. You coax it out uh, away from. You, you. You need to. Mm, you could. You could portray a lion. Okay. And attempt to coax him, and then trap him under a glass. Okay, so it, is that use a lion, coax him, trap him under a glass. Pretend to be a lion. Yeah. Until he gets very close to you, mm-hmm. loses the chair, yeah. and, and then you trap him with a glass. Okay, interesting approach. I'll read the, the correct approach was to trick the ringmaster yeah. by claiming a rival circus nearby featuring sea lion clowns is currently charging three guineas per ticket undercutting Sir Jessup Glavin's show considerably and ensuring his swift departure from the family home. That's very well. I can't argue with that. There you go. That was was very good. Okay, here we go. Question two. A local council are being plagued by the ghost of a four-foot-tall Irish lollipop lady named Mrs McHogg. (laughs) Mrs McHogg haunts a busy stretch of road near a local primary school where she encourages children to cross in busy traffic while shouting antiquated obscenities at their parents, such as, you daft mumblecrust and dirty sprout beggar. How would you tame this ghost? Okay. I would dress up as a 1920s schoolboy. Yep. 
and uh, I would half step into the road. Okay. And then as a car comes, mm -hmm. I would step out of the way mm. and it would hit her and kill her again and send her back to wherever she came from. But she's already dead. No, you can double kill. The correct approach in this instance is to bribe the hog with a sweet treat, such as a slice of tiffin or a luxury cream horn in exchange for her rapid departure. I, that, you know what, they are partial to tiffin. That's true. Okay, here we go. Scenario three. A long-running vegan supper club in Hackney is being threatened by the ghost of an opinionated butcher. Although non-violent... <laughs> Although non-violent, the butcher infiltrates the vegan feast and aggressively argues the merit of pork, <sighs> creating heightened tensions at the table. <laughs> How would you tame this ghost? Rig. <laughs> How would you tame that ghost? I would introduce him to some of... Uh, Lin, 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 Linda McCartney's uh, are they vegan or vegetarian? They're veg okay, I I love corn. I would introduce him to some of those corn sausages. I would dip them in a very fine caramelised onion hummus. Yep. I would give him a taste and say, look, just as good as the pork. Interesting. Okay, well, that's that, I like that. The correct approach. Calmly inform the butcher ghost that he'd be better off leaving a selection of promotional pork pamphlets at the supper club that the vegans can look at in their own time. Pork pamphlets. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Now you don't have to make. No one has to make eye contact with him like I do when he says phrases like pork pamphlets. So I don't. I apologise for the hysteria. Question four. Yeah. The ghost of a 1960s driving instructor is haunting a middle-aged man who suffers with extreme sexual anxiety. Whenever the man does try to engage in any sexual activity, the driving instructor appears at the foot of his bed in a flannel shirt and repeatedly whispers, When I tap the dash, you must stop straight away. <laughs> How would you tame that ghost? <laughs> I... Uh... I would motorise my bed. Okay. And the second he appears, yeah. I would have a foot pedal and I would push down on it and I would drive right out of there and he, he, he'd never, he wouldn't catch me. I'd drive, I'd drive into a... Would he a, fall uh, off the end of the bed? He, he, he would, he'd be traumatised by the fact that cars turn into a... The, the beds turn into a car, I'd like to think. I'd drive away into the, uh, in, into the next available... Um, so you sort of crash through the bedroom wall? Yeah, into another house lot. Okay. Yeah. The correct uh, approach is to inform the sexually nervous man that if he were to obey the spirit and stop as requested, yeah. he would simply leave and move on to the next victim. Mm. That was Tame That Ghost. I need someone who can try and speak ghost Cos that ghost keeps coming back and knocks me off track And at most I'm trying to find someone who speaks ghost So I'll host Let's go and play Tame That Ghost I need someone who can try and speak ghost Okay, good. <laughs> That's a great tune. I, you know, we need to get a single release out there. There is no denying that lockdown can get rather dull and repetitive. Would you agree? Yeah. So I've been busy in my spare time looking at how we could spice things up for people in the show. And I came to the conclusion that everyone loves a good spy story. James Bond, for example. Mm. Uh, but I've gone one better than Bond. I've managed to get hold of a real life 
international spy who's willing to share some of his very action-packed stories with us. Now, these stories haven't been heard by anyone else until now. Um, I've also been told to issue a warning here that any younger listeners may want to avert their ears. Uh, Some of the content is incredibly graphic. Mm. He is known only by the name Mick Lindsay. So, So strap in and get ready for an adventure. Hello, my name's Mick Lindsay. I'm a spy based in Alicante. The story you're about to hear is taken from my private memoirs and is entirely true. Although, for security reasons and my own safety, I've changed the names of those involved. So please, sit back, relax, as we head over to the Spanish coast. This is Alicante Nights. It was August 1995, the height of summer in Alicante. The mission in question was one of the biggest I'd ever handled. A local fisherman named Jody Kent had been selling discounted smoke machines to the nightclubs and bars, undercutting legitimate providers, just like my client, Alicante Disco Magic. Catching Jody in the act would be easy. For the past two weeks, I'd been spreading gossip that Harbour Quarrels, a nightclub with a revolving fiberglass pirate ship, was looking for a new smoke machine, specifically a Gem Multifog 4000, capable of filling a 600 square foot dance floor with smoke in under two minutes. It didn't take long for Jody to take the bait. I received a text message to my burner phone, actually my own phone, but I did intend to burn it. It was Jody. He had the Multifog, and unsurprisingly, it was dirt cheap. We arranged to meet in the club for an hour's time, and for the first time in my career, I was nervous. The stakes were higher. In the disco equipment world, real people could get hurt. And although Jody was only 14, his wind-beaten face gave him the look of an angry rock. I paced up and down the fiberglass pirate ship for what felt like days. Then, a noise at the fire exit. It was Jody. In his hand was the Multifog 4000. That was all I needed to see. Tapping my foot three times was the cue for Edward Guffey of Alicante Disco Magic to reveal himself. From behind a stack of decorative foam lobster pots, Edward confronted Jody, telling him to stop selling disco equipment at a lower cost. I had to admit, I'd come ready for a fight and was carrying a concealed garden bamboo cane in my left sleeve. However, Jody had no fight left. He simply hung his head in shame and promised to give up the game for good. I nodded to Edward. The job was done. Jody was finished. Later that evening, Mr. Guffey and I celebrated on my modest veranda with a large bowl of mussels and some dry white wine. To others, what happened in this story may seem extreme, even reckless. But this was Alicante. This was Alicante Nights. Wow. There you go. Action-packed spy tales there. Mm. Mm. Mick Lindsay. You would not want to get in the way of Mick Lindsay. You would not. He sounds incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Mm. Um, Thank you for that, uh, Mick. Oh, sorry. Text here from Rick Stein. Oh, yeah. The the laptop. He says, can you give my show a shout-out, please? Rick Stein for the love of Pollock. In each episode, I drive my Porsche to an impoverished town in the UK where I spend the day singing the praises of Pollock. At the end of each episode, I challenge two rosy-faced locals to a Pollock-based cooking challenge, a Pollock-off, with the winner receiving a 
with the winner receiving a week's worth of Pollock and a rummage in my glove box. Thanks, with an X, Rick. He's also put two kisses. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like Rick. It's a good show, I think. That is good, yeah. We, yeah, I mean, we've we've sort of promoted it by reading this text out, I guess. Let's get us back in the mood, please, yeah, with please. a 30-second challenge. Adam Furman, <clears throat> you have 30 seconds to talk about life. Three, two, one, life. Oh, hey. Death, ghosts, and 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 living in, in the, for the you know, uh, you, you living and not dying is is, is essential. And uh, if you die, then you don't live. And I uh, I like to live with crisps, cheese, and 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 you know, general f- food. And if I don't have food, I die. And water is also essential for life. Uh, you know, the uh, seed of life is something we can't talk about on the show. Well done. Oh, Very good. That was a tough one. That was tough. Yeah. Moving on to something quite important. Okay. Are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to something quite important now. Yeah. Potpourri. Potpourri used to be very popular in the 90s. Um, and if anyone's unaware of what potpourri is, Wikipedia defines it as a mixture of dried, naturally fragrant plant materials used to provide a gentle, natural scent. Mm. commonly in residential settings, often placed in a decorative bowl. Or in Glade. Or in Glade. Yeah, well, yeah, Glade, uh, potpourri-powered Glade. Yes. Now, for a time, during 1994, at the height of potpourri popularity, <laughs> and because the potpourri scene was moving so fast, the BBC actually released a daily potpourri forecast on BBC Radio 4. Really? I... Um, yeah, which gave the public a sort of insight into what combinations of potpourri ingredients uh, were being used and where across the UK. I've managed to get hold of one of these. Yeah. Uh, shall, we, shall we have a listen? I would like to. To, yeah. to the potpourri forecast? I have some questions afterwards. I okay. can ask them before. Well, here we go. Yeah. BBC Radio 4. Now the potpourri forecast issued by the Met Office on behalf of Marks & Spencer's. The general synopsis at 1800. Dried orange peel moving to Dimmock, low to high, losing its identity by Thursday. Pinion pine shavings at Hunstanton, fair to good, occasionally Dimmock. Lavender bits, Grimsby, visibility 9, also 1. New expected low on juniper crust at Bishop's Castle. Dried fennel sticks rising quickly at Colchester, veering Putney for a time, becoming Dimmock later. Pickled cornflower husk at Brampton, rough to moderate, occasionally good. Lemon soap, Falmouth 7, becoming Dimmock for a time, losing its identity by tomorrow. And finally, today's recommendations for bowl placement from local potpourri stations. Guess toilet 4, sometimes 2. Lounge windowsill 6 for a time, 3 later. And kitchen table 2, sometimes 1. That was the potpourri forecast on BBC Radio 4. Now step back in time with Dale Winton as we explore the history of chocolate mousse. There you go, that was the potpourri forecast there. It's funny because I can picture the forecast marries with my 90s memory of, of, of uh, potpourri. Yeah. It would only ever work in a house that was of a colour scheme of essentially yellows. And peach. And peach. Correct, yeah. yeah you yeah, have yeah. to have it. Um I, I, yeah, it's definitely something that's associated with houses. And do you know what I'm picturing? Mm. Mrs. Bouquet's house. Yes, it's very Mrs. Bouquet. It's very yeah. much hyacinth bouquet. Right, we need to move on. So let's um, let's do some listeners' questions. Uh, let's set the tone with some background jazz. Get on your uh, your helping hat, please, to help these people. Adam Furman. Yep. Here we go. This is from Kimberly Baloo in Ambleside. Kimberly Baloo says. Dear Dan and Adam, 
My husband of 15 years, Melvin, is a self-confessed musical theatre addict. For a time, at work, he was even referred to by his peers as musical theatre Melvin. Up until now, his addiction has never been an issue. However, due to the closure of theatres, his insatiable appetite for shows cannot be quenched. This has resulted in some quite concerning behaviour from Melvin, one of which is that he insists the entire family perform Master of the House from Les Mis every hour, on the hour, in full costume, with concealed radio mics. The performance must be faultless, or Melvin will force us to repeat, which often happens due to our youngest son having very dry lips. Each performance is filmed on an old Sony Handycam held by my disabled mother, Jean. With Melvin continuously threatening that all tapes will be sent via same-day courier to theatre producer and velvet aficionado Cameron McIntosh for his judgement. Please, please help. What do we think of that? I think the first few rounds of that might be quite enjoyable. And then afterwards, mm. you you might... Yeah, I would... Pr it's a tough one, that. I could probably sing Master of the House on the hour every hour for a day. But mm. then after that, maybe stop. But getting in touch with... Um, is she an old friend of Cat Cameron McIntoggle? I got the impression that he doesn't know Cameron McIntoggle, mm. but he's just sending tapes to his massive, massive house. Right. Okay. Um, you know what? I'd call their bluff. Mm. Because any opportunity to get into Les Miserables yep. is a uh, you know a, a, is a good one, mm. and if you can get onto the stage, yeah. um, perhaps rub shoulders with Matt Lucas, correct? You might be you know you might be better off. Yeah, maybe the dry-lipped son that could be his uh, future career. That's right. Very good. Okay, well t take that uh, Kimberly Baloo as you will, and yeah. uh, hopefully that also will... if 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 Gran could get in touch and uh, pass on uh, McIntoggle's detail details, yeah, you'd like to get in contact with Cameron. I think we both would. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, well, we are coming to the end of this week's episode. A quick request. If you've got this far, there may be a small chance you actually enjoyed the show. Uh, so if you do have a moment, please leave us a review on iTunes. That would be lovely. Yes. Uh, you can also subscribe and follow us on Spotify, iTunes and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening. And as always, rusty thanks to Adam Furman. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye as the taxidermist's son. <laughs> Mm. Do join us again next week for a load more nonsense. Goodbye! With a large bowl of mussels and some dry white wine. <laughs>